Hello, everybody. This is Barry Feeker, the outgoing executive director of Topeka Rescue <laughs> Mission. You're listening to our community, our mission on April the 12th, the 2022. Good morning, Amanda Broyles, Good incoming morning. executive director yes. of Topeka Rescue Mission. We got about 10 days, don't we? 10 days. 10 days. Not that. We're counting down or anything, right? You better stay. Don't run. (laughs) No, too late now. Hey, I'm here for hopefully the next 36 years. (laughs) 36. Well, 36 in a day. Well, two days. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So I think some people have listened to our community, our mission, have Mm -hmm. kind of heard our plan. And uh, after 36 years, I'm stepping down. And um, on April 22nd, um, which is 10 days uh, from now, we're going to be having a a deal Mm -hmm. um, where um, we're going to uh, knight you. I think that's what it is. um, yeah. Or, or at least hand you a, a whole lot of responsibilities. Okay. And, Does uh, it come with a shield, sword? Um, yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, sword of the Spirit. There we go. Yep. <laughs> word of God. That's yes. it. Uh-huh. You're going to need a lot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is all good. All mm-hmm. good. Well, Lamanda, we, uh, I know you're excited about this. So yes. we've been actually in process of this for one year mm-hmm. this month. Yes. And uh, talking about uh, what the Lord is doing here at the rescue mission and mm-hmm. Seeing God's hand unfold here, and mm-hmm. and um, so in in all that, there's obviously a new director, some new direction, not a yes. whole lot. We're still going to serve the homeless right. and uh, feed the hungry and all that, mm-hmm. and but uh, the new and improved, which I call it. <laughs> and so um, part of that is a senior leadership team. Yes, um, we've had senior directors uh, in the past, and so talk a little bit about your vision and um, how you would like to see some changes for the new and improved version going forward. Sure. And then we're going to talk about one of those new improves that's here with us today. So, and I'll talk a little bit about him in a second. Sure. You know, Barry, we have such strong foundational systems here at the Rescue Mission. And uh, that is something that I don't take lightly. Um, I I know that that is a blessing. Um, I'm not having to come in here and say, okay, What things do we have to change? And we've got to do all of this different. And so I'm really thankful for that. But I also know that there were um, some changes coming, and we'll talk about um, one of those when we we talk about our guest. Um, But looking at functions, especially coming out of COVID, some changes we made because of COVID, um, moving forward saying, okay, we've got some new initiatives and we've got things like that. So how do we put teams together? where the function of the departments um, make up a division. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what um, my vision has been since probably January, just looking at that saying, we don't want to make any radical changes, but if there are changes we do need to make to make things more effective Mm -hmm. and efficient, now's the time to do it. Um, I will also say another thing that's kind of on my heart that I've been very prayerful about as we're looking at the organization is um, mainly because of covid there's been a feeling of isolation Mm -hmm. that I think big time time. individually people are feeling. um, And within our ministry, um, the departments have had to be kind of segregated out, um, you know, just so that we're adhering to protocols and doing. Um, But now we just see that as a time, not that COVID's gone, but it's a time where we look and say, okay, how can we have some more teamwork? Mm -hmm. And just some of those um, joyful times that we were able to have as a ministry as a whole um, and and move towards that. And so my heart behind some of the changes has really been, one, let's look at the functions and uh, together is better. Um, And then the other part is this team feel that we need again. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's really been kind of the heart behind some of the changes coming from the new structure organization. You know, what I think is interesting, uh, your time with TRM um, has not uh, been anything except COVID. 
Yes. Um, you as a board member and as a board member yes. previously to becoming a, um, the um, director of ministry operations mm-hmm. and now incoming executive director, you have not seen it like it was before right. when there was a greater opportunity to come together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the meetings we used to have and, yes. and department heads and so forth. So, so you've just basically been. Um, hearing what it was like and knowing we need to get back to that. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, part of being a leader is to be a good follower Mm. and a good listener. And so that's really what I've tried. Not saying that I've been successful all the time. I mean, I I fail all the time, but I've been trying. (laughs) Um, But hearing why people are so rooted here. And first and foremost, you know, it's um, a calling from the Lord. But then the second thing that everybody talks about is just this camaraderie and family feel. And, um, you know, we were just blessed to have a meeting yesterday, Barry. And when you and I were reflecting after the meeting, we realized in three people, there was over 50 years of experience. Yeah, that's right. Not including me. Yes. And just three <laughs> staff members uh, that three, didn't include you. Three ladies. Yes. So, um, I just love people's, um, honesty and, and their dedication to not just TRM, but our community and, and making it better according to what God's called them to do. Yeah. So, Lamanda, one of the things you um, do with multiple different functions of TRM is to have some leaders in certain areas mm-hmm. um, to kind of group those areas together, but yes. to have some people that you can work directly with who mm-hmm. work directly with other people who work directly with other people, yes. a whole lot of people, um, approximately 65 staff members mm-hmm. with um, really a need for 80 yes, and uh, hundreds and hundreds of volunteers. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, you, how are you going to set this up going forward? You already started the the process of it, yes. but um, going from where we've been to where you're going to take this, what is that structure in the simplistic form? It's not a simple form, but uh, for listeners to understand what that's going to look like. Sure. Um, so we're going to have divisions. Um, and one of the divisions, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, is um, we're going to have a deputy director of shelter services. And so there are specific components that are related to the Hope Center and our main shelter, mm-hmm. as well as the guest services part of this and the programming piece um, that will all be under that deputy director. Mm-hmm. We're going to have another division of um, deputy director over supportive services, which will continue to be uh, Miss Miriam Crable, um, who's normally with us. She's not here this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's have a moment of silence. Mm -hmm. We miss her. (laughs) She'll be back soon, though. Um, And that's kind of all the back office support. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we we joke all the time that we have so many frontline services, but let's be honest, none of those frontline services could happen if we didn't have the back Mm -hmm. support Mm -hmm. of the donor base and all of that. Um, Just the prong that kind of holds everything up in, in addition to the Lord. And then in addition to that, um, we also have a new deputy director of Culinary Arts and Services, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Mr. Chef Sean Hall. Um, And so uh, we've got some exciting news coming out in regards to catering and our Mm -hmm. food trailer, um, in addition to just the amazing work that we do in our in-house kitchen Mm -hmm. to feed guests in our community. Um, So we have that division as well. We have our newest division, which might be different um, to some, um, but we're having a a deputy director of community needs and services. Mm -hmm. And so under that leadership will be our distribution services, which, you know, Barry, we've gone into the distribution center twice in the last week. And I just think each time I'm blown away at the generosity. Yes. Yes. And um, just how the community 
um, comes together. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure that they really know the difference they're making in our community. Mm-hmm. We get these donations and it goes straight out to bless people. Um, mm-hmm. It's just phenomenal. But um, so we have the distribution center and we have Restore Hope, um, that department of TRM that uh, just provides interventions um, and, and awareness for human trafficking concerns and um, things that we're trying to um, demolish with human trafficking. We know that that is despised um, by the Lord and and those efforts on that. Um, and then in addition to that, we have our outreach team, which makes up MAP and Street Reach. Mm-hmm. So that will all fall under our community needs and services. That's kind of a load, but it's pretty good. Yes. Yeah, you, and, you've done well. You simplistic. weren't even looking at the org chart. That's, I know. that's really great. You got that in your brain. Let's, <laughs> well, let's hope that it stays in the brain over the next 10 days, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, it will. And it's a good system. Um, I just think it's time for that because there are so many current operations of TRM and the way you've grouped this together the way that it will intersect with each other Mm -hmm. and these deputy directors working directly with you and then working directly with their areas and with each other is just, it's a smart way to do it. I I think that we learned uh, in our combating human trafficking um, as we were getting some, some ground taken back Mm -hmm. um, in different areas. um, We uh, started networking with military leaders um, who had been in intelligence Mm -hmm. and been commanders in different areas to work with us on this area. And they said, you know, the thing about it is as soon as you get this done right, the enemy figures it out and they will counter you. Mm -hmm. And so they said, uh, learn and adapt. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's the way it is in fighting poverty too. Yes. Learning and adapting. Mm -hmm. And because there's a lot of things, and we'll talk barely about some of that this morning Mm -hmm. in regards to some of the new homeless challenges Mm -hmm. that uh, we're seeing with uh, seniors and disabled people and those kind of things. But with that said, Mm -hmm. um, introduce your... um, new Deputy Director of Shelter Services. Yes. Um, what a blessing. We have with us this morning uh, Mr. Christian Stringfellow, and uh, he has been the Men's Director of Shelter Services over at our main shelter. And, uh, you know, Christian, he'll probably try to run out the door, so block him. I he will. he I doesn't will. like any kind of compliment or anything. Yes. <laughs> He's strapped down to the chair. He's, He's strapped down. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I've had the blessing of, of being able to uh, work alongside Christian um, and just see the um, ability that he has, the God-given ability to... Um, have a really tough job. You know, I've mentioned that before when I when I did my onboarding and did the podcast. Working the shelters is a very difficult job because you have the privilege, the responsibility, and the task of having to be grace-filled, but then also know when we have to make some difficult decisions for safety and protection. Um, And so it's difficult. Um, But I have seen Christian not only be a part of that front desk team, but lead that team. And he's led by the character that he has, Mm -hmm. um, but also this ability to love and to shepherd. And so that stood out to me over the past several months. And as we've unfolded this and any decision I make, you know, I try to be very prayerful to know that it's in aligned with what we need to do. And um, so when Mike Foster, whom I'm very close with as well, he has been over homeless shelter services, um, decided that he wanted to do something different mm-hmm. at TRM. So, you know, he's been in that position for 22 years, yes. I think is what he mm-hmm. said. Um, and he's he's a little tired, he mm-hmm. said, but he, he doesn't want to retire. So um, he's going to be transitioning. And when we knew that, Um, I just thought, man, the difference that Christian has been able to make in this building 
needs to be utilized more mm-hmm. widespread at TRM. Absolutely. So. Well, yes. Well, good morning, Christian. It's good, good morning. to have you with us again. This is the second time on our community, our mission. Mm-hmm. Um, it's had good to you be before. here. So congratulations on this appointment. Um, well, so, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, Christian, uh, I, I just, I just want to um, kind of go back a little bit here. Um, you're not the first... Uh, person of your lineage to be involved in Topeka Rescue Mission. Uh, <laughs> your grandmother, um, Anna Tomes, um, was uh, my first administrative assistant clear back in 1986 yep. and just did some phenomenal things. I got to know your parents through that. Matter of fact, that was at your mom and dad's wedding. I can very, very clearly remember it being at a park one time when you were still in a stroller Goodness, this is I was going to say, when me. you mentioned the 1986, that was before we were born. I Mary. know that. I absolutely know that. And so uh, by the grace of God, I'm still here. Uh, but, uh, you know, Christian, I've just seen your family. Your wife's worked here uh, before at the mission as well. And uh, you've been with us for how many years now? I've been with, uh, well, I actually started in May of 2015. 2015. So it's yeah. seven years now. Seven years. And you no, came... March. March of 2015. So March. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. So so you um, you came to, obviously you knew about the rescue mission because of your family being involved in it. And uh, um, you um, um, came to us via as an internship through Washburn University to start with. That's correct. And uh, why did you choose the rescue mission back way back when? <laughs> Well, my, my grandmother had been involved, um, but really that wasn't a big thing in our family. Um, mm-hmm. Aside from, you know, she'd bring us as kids to mm-hmm. um, have ice cream. Uh-huh. Um, it, so she would bring ice cream to uh, the, the guys in the shelter uh-huh. um, after meals. Um, that was something she was really proud of. Oh, but yeah. Outside of that, I really didn't have too much experience with the rescue mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I was doing my, my internship, I was studying social work. Um, which looking back, I don't know why I was studying social work, really, you know, it's just paying to be poor. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> paying to be poor, that's good. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, uh, really, it was, I had a desire to, to serve the Lord and a desire to serve people. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have much experience serving people. If I had, I probably wouldn't have wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really grateful that I did that. Um, but as, as I was studying social work, um, we had different projects, and one of the projects was we had to uh, find services um, for a hypothetical group, and the stipulation was that we couldn't call the rescue mission. Oh. And that stood out to me, and they provided some clarification, and they said, well, the rescue mission will do everything. Mm. That really stood out to me as being, you know, the one, not so necessarily one the, the one, negative, but, it wasn't like stay stay away from them. Well, I mean, there, there are some um, religious adversity, mm-hmm. you know, opposition mm-hmm. there too. But mm-hmm. um, the uh, they it wasn't because of that; it's because that the rescue mission would make it too easy mm-hmm. to complete the project. Wow! Um, because of all the resources, yeah. that we try to make available, yeah. Um, so that stood out to me uh, as some, really kind of a, a positive sign mm-hmm. um, from a uh, secular um, institution mm-hmm. uh, like like Washburn, which I was really privileged to be able to study there. Mm-hmm. Um, but in doing so, I came around to the time where I, I needed to do my internship, and uh, I just asked my um, advisor if the rescue mission would be a possibility, and he 
kind of got some big eyes and was like, uh, that's not one we've lined up for, or at least for a while. And so we said, well, I'll look into it. And then a few weeks later, um, I found out he had contacted Frank Henderson at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that ended up with me here. And you're still here. I'm and, still here. Uh, and you've uh, you've definitely moved through front desk help to all the way now to a senior director of shelter services. Christian, um, describe to the listener um, what the typical homeless person is like. I get asked this all the time. How do you answer that question? That's a hard one, Barry. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's a very it's a very diverse mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. and so you know, as a society, sometimes we throw out the word homeless, mm-hmm. and we have one particular picture of what that looks like. Um, that's very rarely ever the case. Um, there's so many factors that feed into it. Um, it can be just a catastrophic event that happens in in a family. It could be you know divorce. It could be a mental illness. Um, sometimes you know onset you know later on in life, or it could be addiction, and then you know self medication you know, for the mental health with with an addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just very diverse. And there's more factors. You know as the more the more you look into it and the deeper you go and the more confusing it gets um, but the the typical homeless person is just a normal person mm-hmm. that for whatever reason has not you know been able to really cope um, with with the life that they have you know I uh, I've, I finally got around to it it's, it's not answering uh, what is a typical homeless person um, uh, homelessness is a condition that a person happens to be facing yeah and there are neighbors. Um, and so we do call them the homeless, but it is kind of a misnomer character to characterize people in that regard. It's just a condition currently that they are facing. Mm-hmm. But all those other things and more that you mentioned are some of the reasons why somebody may end up homeless, with the divorce mm-hmm. or the uh, loss of job or mental illness or addictions or the list goes on and on and on. Christian, what... Uh, um, Lamanda had said it, um, just your heart, uh, everybody that knows you here just, uh, just really sees this, this heart for God and, and this, this heart for others. Um, people that don't smell good sometimes don't always act okay, come into our shelters and, um, you, um, and your team have to make some hard decisions. Um, we would love to um, think about everybody's just really happy to be at the rescue mission when they come <laughs> through those doors and say, thank you for providing me a place to be. Not always the case, especially yeah. when they're first in that traumatic situation of resigning themselves of, you know, doggone it, I got nothing, nowhere else to go. I got to come into a shelter. And sometimes that behavior is, is, is kind of adverse and negative. How do you balance out your compassion and your structure that has to be in place to safely run the shelters? That's a big question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's a little, that's a complicated one, Barry. Um, He's good at that. But He's you, good yeah, at but, that. But that's part of the question. <laughs> but you do it well. And so a lot of people wouldn't even want to touch this with a 10-foot pole. Um, but you have said yes. You have a team of people that have said yes. Um, that we're going to do this. Some of our some of our team members, like Deborah Sab over at the Hope Center, has been in her position for decades um, running that. So, w- what is it that you can do to keep a focus on the heart of God that loves our neighbor, 
tells us to love our neighbor and also to deal with some of those difficult difficult situations that you will have to sometimes say, no, you can't do that here, or if you continue to do that, you can't stay here. Well, I am constantly um, brought more aware of how desperately I personally need Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's, there's no one who stays at the mission who needs Jesus more than I do. That's a good um, way to put it. And so you know, when, I, when I have that in perspective, and I recognize the image that people are made in, I can honor the image. I don't have to honor their behavior. That's great. You know, I, I do honor the image that they're made in, and I, I try to call them to that. Mm. You know, there's there's people that that we are, you know, based off of you know our actions, our behaviors, our our, our, our lifestyle, and our, our habits. Um, and those those are not necessarily who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the the person that we were made to be, and that's entirely. God given, and so I can look at somebody for their actions. I can look at someone for the outward appearance, or I can seek God to see the heart. And you know, the heart of a person is a beautiful thing, and it's also you know kind of a scary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, I, I try to see people's hearts, um, and that's a hard thing because I'm not God, and I, I don't you know have you know God's ability to do that. But it takes a lot of just trust and just recognizing. Okay, I don't have to fully understand them or know them. I don't have to figure out you know, all the things that are going on in their life. Um, but I do know the image that they were made in. They were made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to treat them with honor and dignity because of that. Sometimes there's behaviors that come mm-hmm. up and, you know, it's, it's a challenge um, to, to really make the right decisions. And, you know, there's constantly difficult decisions and there's all different kinds of factors that play into it, and you try to you know get as much information as you can to make the best decision. But really, sometimes it's just you got to make the best decision that you can with you know the information that you have. And sometimes it's not the best decision. Um, and just you know constantly wrestling you know within yourself. You know it's, these are hard decisions. They're not something I ever want them to be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a constant wrestling. Did I make the right decision? Yeah. yeah. Did, you know, is it, you know, did I cause anyone harm? You know, that's the last thing I ever want to do. Um, but at the same time, I have to make decisions that keep other people safe. And so I have to kind of mm-hmm. keep, you know, the, the mindset that there are, you know, if there's 100 people at the rescue mission and one of them is, is you know, throwing things and breaking stuff and attacking other people, I, I have to try to remove that one person from the 99 um, so that, you know, that, the 99 can have a safe place to stay. doesn't mean that I don't care for the one person. It doesn't mean that Sometimes I, they don't understand that when you're asking them to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they, they don't. At that time. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so Christian, if I was, um, I've had a job opening for you, and, um, and here was part of the description, you would need to direct a emergency room of a hospital. You would need to be a crisis intervention center for people who are wanting to possibly kill themselves. You would happen to be uh, a place that uh, people who have just come out of prison who know the prison life were um, trying to seek their next step in life, and maybe they had a prison mentality. Um, that uh, you're going to have gang members that are come to you that maybe want to do gang activity. Drug dealers that maybe want to come in and, and, and try to sell their drugs in your facility. Um, a place where um, could, in some situations, r- resemble um, 
um, uh, a, a Friday fight night. Um, and, um, and to tell you that probably most of the time you're going to be misunderstood and, uh, people are going to be really grouchy around you. Would you like that job? No. Well, that's the one you got. No. So yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> that's the one you got, but that's what I think that, that, we have this, what I always call the hallmark version of homelessness that you watch on a beautiful uh, um, TV special around Christmas time about the homeless. It's not like that. Um, no. It's not this, you know, everybody's happy to get their meal. There are some very, very broken people that come here. And yet God has called a few people like yourself to be able to step away from ease and to take on just, and what I described was just a small fraction of really what it's like. Not that it's bad, it's just the brokenness of this world, but he's called a few people like yourself to step into that and say, this is your assignment. What does that mean to you? Well, as you're going through those things, um, God gives us things that are too big for us, mm-hmm. but he doesn't give us things that are too big for him. And there's a necessity and a need to really just anchor, anchor in and depend on him, um, and that's, that's something that I've, I've, I've learned uh, a, a great deal of really just kind of dying to myself and dying to my flesh and dying to my desire to be right sometimes, um, and just learning to depend even more deeply on him because there are situations that are way too big. You know, there's situations that are just outright dangerous, mm-hmm. and. In those situations, uh, you know, it's it's been amazing to encounter and experience God in those things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's 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 too big of a you know a position, too big of a responsibility. Lamanda, have you noticed uh, as I'm asking Christians the hard subjects, it's mm-hmm. not talking about how He handles this. It goes back to God each time in His relationship with God and yes. being very transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of the things you've seen in Him. Yes, is this dependence upon the Lord. Mm-hmm. Talk also about what you've noticed in Christian's leadership of his team. Mm-hmm. Um, I One of the things that stands out to me the most is he never asked his team to do something that he's not willing to do. Mm-hmm. And so um, I feel like I have been able to see Christian lead from the front where things are kind of unknown or maybe we've even had ideas that weren't great. And Christian has said, nope we're not going to do this. I'm not going to ask my team to do this, or we need to do things differently. And so I've seen him do that. I've also seen him work beside his team, um, where he is working days, some days, overnights, the the evenings, um, just all over because we're in a staffing crisis. And so I've seen him do front desk responsibilities. I've seen him push a cart of meals to gentlemen who were in there for the weather related lifts who needed breakfast. Um, There's nothing that I don't think that I haven't seen Christian do. So when I see that, I've seen him lead from the front. I've seen him lead on the same level with his team because he's a part of the team. And I also, what I call um, leading from the back, Um, not in a way where you are corralling and yelling, but in a way where he has watched his team flourish and grow um, in skills and abilities. And he is, I would say a cheerleader, but there's probably an encourager. I'll say that, right? Um, Where he is encouraging and he is validating and he is showing them um, how much he values them and is thankful for them. Um, 
Some of the things that he does is they start, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but they start every staff meeting with attaboys. Um, or if I'm there, it can be an girl too, right? <laughs> um, but they start with that. Mm-hmm. I have also seen him intentionally do um, a birthday food for individual staff members and it's not just a random thing he is kind of an investigator and doesn't know it um the staff doesn't know where he's looking into kind of maybe their history or their past or to know what their favorite meal is and then that's what he does for them um so i see that as this behind the scenes support um and so when i think about christian um i see that servant's heart um because what did we see jesus do Mm -hmm. there were times where he stood out in the front to take it. Um, there's times where Jesus walked alongside people for them to know that he hurt like they did because he was human. He knew what it felt like to be ridiculed, to be misunderstood. Um, and then there were times where Jesus did stuff in the background and people didn't even know. Um, and he still does that for us. And so, um, not that Christian isn't human, not that I'm not human. All of us are. Um, but I do see Christian as an individual who strives every day, um, to, to lead well. And, um, and I've seen that. Well, Christian, I know that's all very hard for you to hear and, uh, not going to ask for a response from you because I know it'll be very <laughs> humble, humbling, but you know, there's another thing that, 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 um, you know, a lot of people sacrifice a lot, um, to be here, to serve here. Um, but probably one of the greatest sacrifices that I've seen occurred, um, when, um, the pandemic was at its, um, most, um, severe, I guess. And, and we were having uh, a lot of confusion in the world, a lot of confusion in our own community about what to do and what not to do and distancing and so forth. And, and not sure who was going to get it. And, and here is a guy who is working in a homeless shelter who at the time, um, it was believed that homeless shelters were going to want to be one of the worst breeding grounds for COVID that there could be, which turned out to not be accurate, mm-hmm. but we didn't know. And in the midst of that Christian, you had a brand new baby. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, you couldn't be with mm-hmm. because you were working here. Mm-hmm. Now, any any parent who um, is excited about their first child and uh, is so blessed to have that child um, come home and to know that you and your wife had to be separated at that time for protection of your of your family in order to stay here. Um, and your wife supporting that and to see that little girl today mm-hmm. and she is just an awesome little kid, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you had to sacrifice a lot to do that. You really had to know this is what you're supposed to do. That's where faith comes in. We don't necessarily know, but we, you know, I, I believe this is where God has me. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it was, a, it was a few months. You know, I've got, you know, a friend in the military right now is away from his, his wife and his newborn for, you know, over a year now, um, overseas. And so, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to our perspective or our mindset in, in this ministry. Mm-hmm. Is this a cruise ship or as Mike Schinkel said, is this, is this a battleship? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've, I've tried to approach it with that, that mindset. Um, and, uh, sometimes that's, easier and sometimes it's it comes with more challenges um, but this is this is a battleship this isn't this is frontlines ministry this is this is where you roll your sleeves up 
and you, you keep going forward. Um, sometimes you get you get dirty, uh, you know, on the the battlefield, just trying to love on people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that this was something that I feel, I believe I'm called to, mm-hmm. and so I continued to to step into that. Um, it's a family calling too, and obviously mm-hmm. your dear wife um, had to sacrifice uh, during that time, and continues mm-hmm. to do that because of the position you're in. Lamanna, what does it mean to take over a ministry with people like Christian mm-hmm. involved in it with that kind of dedication? Well, I don't know if this is going to sound very Christ-like, but I find myself being um, really overprotective and almost possessive a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's called, called sh- under-shepherd. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's one of those things where um, I just feel like Mama Hen around here, and um, I see the sacrifices daily that people make and sometimes they don't even see it as a sacrifice mm-hmm. because they are just so humbled and they know this is where they need to be. And so, um, you know, I don't just see myself as the incoming executive director. I see myself as part of the TRM family. You know, when I send out emails or anything, that's what I address it as. Um, because, you know, when we're talking professionally, our first flock is staff, but when we're talking about life our f- first flock is our own families too. Mm-hmm. And so being married and a mother of two, um, I know before I'm anything, I am a Christian, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and then I'm an executive director. Mm-hmm. And it has to be that. And so if I'm walking that out to be the best woman of God that God made me, um, then I need to have that level of support for all of my staff members. Mm-hmm. Um And so when I think about Christian and his wife, um, you know, I joke all the time that I'm team her. I I say her name with that. And I'm always like, I'm team her. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's not just a matter of me caring for Christian. I need to automatically care for anything that matters to Christian. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with Miriam, the same thing with with everyone here. Um, I have to love the whole person and that means their families. And so um, that matters to me. Now I will say we're, you know, interviewing for a couple of positions. And one we just hired and um, he has teased me. He said, now I realize why you were so protective because he had to come in for two <laughs> interviews and two phone calls. Um, but I, it's just a responsibility I don't take lightly um, because we have to care for our people and, and what matters to our people matters to me. Yeah. Well, um, there's so much more we could go into about the commitment and the type of people who are here and in Christian. Um, uh, I'm just so grateful that you have been a Christ follower, um, that um, God has shown us that you are the one to lead these shelter services. We really didn't get into what all that means, and maybe that's a, another time um, about the education department, about the guest management programs, mm-hmm. about the rehousing program that you'll be uh, working with Misty Boss Hastings on, which is just phenomenal what's happening yes. in that arena, mm-hmm. um, keeping the shelters going. But before we, before we uh, stop today, let's talk about some of the um, awareness that we have about the changing picture that we see in regards to homelessness. Um, we're already seeing some of it. But um, what are some of those things that people really need to be aware of in regards to people coming to our shelters? Um, obviously, we're seeing it out in the streets as well. But uh, what are you seeing that's different in, uh, in, in your time since you've been here and where do you think we may need to be going? Well, that's a, 
It's a loaded question, Barry. I got a lot of those. I know. I'm, I keep on saying that every <laughs> time you ask He's the pro one. at loaded but questions. I ask them to the right people <laughs> 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 who have loaded answers. Yes. Um, well, the homeless, with uh, I think we've we've seen increased number of the the elder population. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's we, we've been noticing, especially last last winter, there were mm-hmm. several here that were all incontinent at the same time. And so our staff were, were being asked to, to when you say clean elder population, that. be very careful how you answer that. What are you referring to? Uh, your age and above, Barry. <laughs> he wasn't very careful, Amanda. <laughs> you said he had loaded answers. I got, I got, I got 10 I days. I thought he had a heart. <laughs> I, I got 10, 10 days. days yes. I, I think I can survive that long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you a bye. So... So, uh, yes, my age and above. Um, uh, but how above are we seeing come through the doors? What's some of the, our, 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 some of the ages that people who have experienced homelessness are coming to the shelters now? Well, there, there are um, – we're seeing quite a few in the 60s, 70s. Um, there were – we had guests in the 80s and 90s even. Mm-hmm. Um, people stop and hear that. A homeless person, mm-hmm. 80 or 90 years oh, yeah. old. This mm-hmm. was World War II. Yes, um, uh, era people who survived a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and are on the streets and homeless and coming to homeless shelter. That's a shocker to a lot of people. Been a shocker to us too. Well, yeah. it, it seems like, you know, they're, they're starting to kind of deem this term of um, graying homeless mm-hmm. um, because a lot of people, the research that's going on and showing is, is they're outliving their money. And so it's not just a matter of someone who has been homeless and facing that their whole life. Um, there are people that are into that retirement age of late 50s to early 80s that have outlived the money that they had saved up and are sleeping in vehicles or aren't quite needing the nursing home, but there's nowhere else for them to go. This is um, being viewed as a, p- a potential pending upcoming national crisis now. Yes. In regards to people not having enough Income and of course, with the rise of uh, values and property, rentals, um, Uh food costs, just to live, there's no way that uh, the basic social security or disability can take care of that. Um, Well, and when care in facilities, you know, for someone that needs um, assistance costs between two to five grand. Um, people don't have that money and we are seeing people for the first time ever not be able to take care of their own selves. And the option is a homeless shelter. That's just heartbreaking to me. Christian, do you ever think that uh, when you first took this on that you might be working with elderly populations who are incontinent and have to help your team change adult diapers on the homeless? That's one of the things I had no clue about. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of many things, but I had, there's a, no, not one didn't cr- cross your mind in no the social idea. work class. No idea. <laughs> no, no. Well, it wasn't on my mind either 36 years ago. Um, but here we are. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's one of our concerns. What are some of the other, um, things that we're aware that may be coming our way that as a community, we need to be thinking about, uh, the praying communities be praying about, and needs to be standing with the rescue mission in regards to homeless. Well, addiction has been something that's been a big piece here, but um, here recently, just the rise in fentanyl mm-hmm. um, and then fentanyl overdoses, mm-hmm. um, just the, the potency of that that stuff. Uh, just that'd be something that 
the community could be praying about yes. just for wisdom and, and just direction. Describe um, why that's an issue. Well, it, it's a uh, it's being laced, um, or they're using it to lace or to to fill or um, cut other drugs with. Mm-hmm. Um, fentanyl itself is a very very potent mm-hmm. drug, and so just uh, I think I was reading an article where even if you just touch um, it in a condensed form, you can have an overdose mm-hmm. and and die just from just touching the, the just the touching it with your hands. Just touching so, with your hands. So that puts puts the shelter team as well as our street outreach team as well as our distribution services team in a very interesting position in regards to possibly touching someone's belongings mm-hmm. if they left them here and possibly reaching into a pocket and there's fentanyl. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, be- anyone, because they're also, um, I believe it was Shawnee County or Topeka Police Department um, and Riley County has done this as well, but they've even um, released some photos being able to look at like a normal um some were over the counter and some were a drug too, but looking at what the form is and then the fentanyl form mm-hmm. of that. And so they look very closely to other pills that maybe someone wouldn't be as concerned about. Um, so we could be touching something that seems like it's innocent um, and it be deadly. Um, you know, I was just on a webinar about a month and a half ago and there was um, a presenter there that had done some research in Alabama and 56%, and I, I don't know the, what the total number was, but 56% of his shelter's calls, so when shelter staff made a call to 911 because of a shelter overdose, 56% of them were dead upon arrival. That's that's serious. what we're wow. serious, serious. seriously dealing with. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about two extremes here um, going forward. It's here today, but it's predicted to escalate in regards to people that you and your team may be ministering to. One is a aging population that has run out of money, um, an aging population that has physical challenges, mm-hmm. um, a population of people who may be um, addicted to substances that could be laced with a deadly substance called fentanyl, um, who actually could um, come into a rescue mission and start distributing a whole bunch of dead people are here in the shelter. I mean, those are just two of the things that we're looking at that are not just affecting the homeless, but affect the entire community that we live in as far as a health and safety. Uh, Christian, that's a, that's a huge um, responsibility, and I, uh, I anticipate what you're going to say to this. But uh, um, when you look at that, why do you believe that you are supposed to be a, uh, standing in the gap here for this population? Well, I'm, I'm the one he has here right now. Um, and so I'm just going to do the best I can. If not me, who else? There you go. But. There you go. That's, that, that's well said. Well, Christian Stringfellow, who is our new deputy director of shelter services, which is a whole lot of services, not just opening doors, and Lamanda Broyles, who is incoming executive director, 10 days from today. 10 days. And so um, I just want to say thank you to both of you for saying yes. If not me, who? Mm-hmm. And for all of the rest of you who are listening to our community, our mission, who may be wondering yourself, what am I supposed to be doing? 
how am I supposed to be standing in the gap as well? What is my assignment? Why, why am I here on this earth? Maybe asking that question, and uh, we appreciate you asking that question because in spite of the challenges and the hardships, and nobody in this room is complaining today, they're just saying, thank you, Lord, for making it clear what our assignment is while we're on the earth. And, and to have that opportunity to grow closer to God and to see value and, and see actually people helped and transformed, which Christian and Amanda, I know I have and many others have seen such a great um, a transformation in people's lives over a lot of investment in their lives over a period of time. But if you're listening today and you want to be a part of Topeka Rescue Mission, you can go to the Topeka Rescue Mission website at trmonline.org. Find out more information about the multiple different services of the Topeka Rescue Mission. If you're a supporter, we want to say thank you uh, for standing with us. Um, if you would like to support the Rescue Mission on that website, there's a Give Now button. You can press that button and uh, immediately um, you will be supporting the Topeka Rescue Mission. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Lamanda. And thank you for listening to to our community, our mission.